How's it going? Good evening. How are you? How's uh, how's your day? Happy 420. Yeah, happy 420. Are you, uh, are you going all right? Stoned off your gourd, just enjoying the holiday, as opposed to oh, every yeah. other day when you... Uh, it's. I treat it the same way I treat like New Year's in like St. Patty, Patty's Day now, where I'm just like, oh yeah, that's today. Uh, I, don't, I don't really want to do it today. <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow when other, yeah. other people aren't ruining it. I feel like I'm just uh, kind of jumping on a bandwagon if I'm doing it today. So Yeah, I, I feel that. Because um, it's not like you're not doing it every other day anyway. But, um, as a, I mean, I guess I'm kind of hypocritical because when, you know, party days come around, I'm for sure like, oh, yeah, we, we got to go out. We're, we're doing something, right? But 420 comes around. And because of... Uh, probably just kids in high school who <clears throat> when i was in high school i'm like when they started celebrating it i'm like this is fucking stupid you're high every day yeah and your patch pant you wear the same patch pants every day and your silly wannabe almost famous attire but uh suddenly it's a it's a big it's a big hullabaloo i think uh at least in northern michigan it wasn't that like there was a, a small select amount of people that would be like hey we're uh we're going frisbee golf and uh and we're gonna get real high so like okay that sounds like every other day that you can do that it's not 20 below and snowing so i'm on board yeah i mean i'm if you're out having a good time what who am i here to put what, what what i'm not trying to be a goalie i'm not trying to be a, a wet blanket you do you if you know april 20th yeah. if you want to celebrate hitler's, hitler's birthday by celebrating freedom and basically the opposite of fascism i think it's a good it's a great it's a great step forward spread love spread you know that why not it does just like after you find out it was made by a group of stoners called the waldos looking for a lost patch of weed it makes a lot of sense like you're like okay this sounds like something a bunch of high schoolers came up with it happened at 420 so they're like oh that's it yeah Looking up the story made I was like, oh, okay. This exact this exactly sounds like a uh, a high school group of people like, all right, man, four twenty. This is when we're meeting up to go get high, and then yeah, yep. I yeah, I did that a little, you know, trip down into the other the un- unfactual other stories. I uh, I didn't really know any of the. Uh, I've heard the that it's a police code. I'd heard that you know, what are, what were some of the other ones? The compounds and THC, the, uh, what's the other one? Yeah, I don't remember. They're all just kind of like, they seem like somebody is telling you them high at a party. They seem like some dude's just talking to like, oh yeah, man, that's, that's definitely, definitely it. Well, what's your source? Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't read. Yeah, Sorry. it's actually the uh, two Bob Dylan songs multiplied by each other, and that equals 420. So I don't know why we only choose chose these two, but uh, th- that's ones that add up. So that 420, 420, yeah. it is. It's a good. It's an. It's a good afternoon time. You know, e- easing on into the evening, yeah. getting ready for dinner. Why? I mean, why not? It's gonna live in the the pantheon of famous numbers, right up next to 69. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I what... it's gonna live gonna have that legacy at least i mean 69 at least makes sense i'm like oh yeah just check it out it's, it's like the numbers going it's pretty tight looks it looks like that kind yeah. of yeah but fucking and nice 69 69 420 666 oh, hell yeah that's my phone number give me a call do you have a weed delivery uh yeah i've, I've kind of been jumping back and forth uh nug club has been the one that i've been using most recently and it's uh it's insane how much marijuana they give you. Yeah. Uh, they're like, hey, this is here's a month's supply. And then you realize it's like really like a three to four month supply, at least for me. I don't smoke all that much. So I'm like, I'm already drowning this shit. And uh, you've already scheduled my other delivery. So I got to cancel for a little bit. Yeah. Like I bought weed when I drove through Denver like four times ago. Uh, 
and I still have it. Like it's still like you know, like, like just slowly. I, yeah. I just don't smoke enough to. But my, our buddy Tim, he he's a big proponent of Nug Club, and he's constantly just like, guys, you get so much, you get so much. It's yeah, it's ridiculous, and also like the cheap things that you can get like at cost that are usually like three times the price. Well, that sounds good. Uh, maybe I'll look on on there, and I'll just throw you a couple uh, shekels whenever there's some things that I'm in in need of. Once you're uh, you know back back under the light of the the harsh California sun. Definitely. What are we? Tw- we're two weeks away from fully vaccinated Sean Burke out back in the world, just licking doorknobs and drinking gutter water. That's it. Counting down the days. Can't wait to go into restaurants spitting on tables it's gonna be amazing it'll be a glorious day and i await it uh just oh i just i can't wait yeah No, I, I said I wasn't gonna drink, but uh, you know, there's beers in the fridge, and they gotta they gotta go somewhere. So that's true. Yeah, do the Lord's work here. Speaking of the Lord's work, let's jump into this uh, grade A asshole. Uh, what's his name? Manslinger, yep. who looks like a stand-in for Benito Mussolini. <laughs> well, yeah, that does. So the history of 420. Uh, it's kind of like that hearsay. Somebody you heard from somebody that heard from somebody that that history, and yeah, with the, the with the criminalization of marijuana, I've always I've you you know you hear different things. It's like, well, it was a hemp, it was a uh, tobacco farmer that originally got hemp made illegal, and it was you know such and such. It was Richard Nixon that started the war on drugs, and then now, I mean, based on uh, our teams of researchers we're, we're finding out that it's harry anslinger anslinger yeah i don't i don't think he he really deserves us to remember his first name he's uh just the audacity of times back then where you're like oh shit uh i need it i need job security i gotta i'll just make up all this stuff and throw a ton of people in jail because they have different color skin than me yeah, well, it is it, like drugs become like the scapegoat for everything else, and it, it's it's like, I mean, yeah, it, get, it gets wrapped up into the the Thirteenth Amendment, which is like uh, slavery is abolished, but but asterisk. Yeah, we yeah we still need a slave yeah. uh, slave wage workforce, so we're gonna find some ways around that. But um, yeah, yeah, basically, this guy was uh was he the head of the narcotic uh, agency, basically? Like the pre-FBI, FBI kind of thing? Or, or yeah, he was a... I think it was a part of the um, the prohibition, the T-men, the... Yeah. Like, the the official arm of it. So, like, when prohibition kind of stops, he's like, shit, I need to do something about this. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just... Uh, I'll just... Seems like a lot of people are really getting into weed now. Um rather than drinking, so I'll just focus all my my attention there and really aim to push a hysteria with it of even going to the point of calling it marijuana so it sounded more Mexican and to scare uh, <laughs> suburban white people of it, which yeah. is insane, but I guess it's 1930, so do, do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah, just that kicking up hysteria and finding boogeymen to blame and then, like, scaring white America and, like, the amount of industries that have kicked up because of that. And especially, like, this alone just is just seems to have been, like, the seed for so many other evil things of just, like, all right, this, this fucking asshole, Hanslinger, back in the 30s is afraid to lose his job uh, because now alcohol is being made, uh, made legal again. And that was kind of his big old thing. That was the boogeyman of the time. And now it's like, all right, well, who, who's next? And cocaine and other things are like pretty popular, but uh, may or may not have been made illegal yet. But marijuana is legal and is very popular. And prior to this, uh, he had, I think he had even used marijuana as an example of something that doesn't directly contribute to violent crime, whereas alcohol... There's a strong correlation. Like people get drunk, people get in fights. People, you know. Yeah. Especially in the thirties. This 30s. seems like it. 
this was like the legislature written for alcohol, and at the last second, they're like, ah, no, we got to switch it for something yeah, else. Yeah, uh, can I copy like, your homework and just write my name on it real quick? <laughs> yeah, most of these boxes are checked with alcohol, which which kind of makes sense. And he he just like went all in on it, and like he, you know, it was it, it was like Nixon Nixon took a page out of this dude for sure because he's just like. Well, I can go after, I can scare white America by going after people who, and I think they like even inflated the numbers of like, because at the time, like marijuana was like tobacco or anything. It was fairly harmless and not viewed super. Yeah. And also it was used in hemp. So not only did it have like a recreational purpose, it also had a huge commercial purpose. Yeah. Which, which that noted psychopath, (laughs) you know. William Randolph Hearst. So he caught wind of that and decided to uh, get his, his hat in the ring to help this uh, fight this this boogeyman. And uh, now, you know, what, when, so, fuck, when, I wonder when the first time weed started to be made legal was. There are so many pot podcasts that, like, if they heard this, it's like, this is just dog shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, to be looked down upon by, like, Doug gets high or something. It's like, yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but we have to ask all of our research, so don't worry about it. This isn't even in our yeah. wheelhouse. This is outside yeah. of it. Do you so. want a podcast that sounds like they heard this from three other people? Because that's parking lot drive. Fifteen minutes before they started recording. Yes, that's that's our mo. But it also a lot of it sounds like this dude, like if he was ever around somebody that was actually high. And we like, you would realize none of this is true. Like, he used to believe that it gave jazz musicians weed <laughs> superpowers because they can play faster, which is the definition of cocaine. But it seems like the cursory, the parking lot drunk level of research into this would have proven that uh, he was terribly wrong. Well, I mean, you know, it's always these old white dudes with in positions of power. It's like they. They know how to play the emotional game. Like you're not, if you if you look at all the, I mean, you're playing on hysteria, and you want to create this, uh, this mentality of fear and just conspiracy and all this stuff. So like, if you like, facts will always disprove most hysteria because it's always it's like the the satanic panic of the '80s and the war on drugs. And, yeah. But it, it's it's like. You, it is that like um, you gotta find you gotta follow the money because it's like uh, this like this dude was like the archetype for Richard Nixon and then also just like the CIA because like not to, I mean I think I'm getting on a paranoid streak about talking about this the CIA pyramid streak. Well, it's more the F- the FBI. Well, uh, with Hoover and all that shit too. Right, but it. C- which kind of laid the groundwork for a lot yeah, of this. Yeah, but conversely, but. like the CIA, like uses the boogeyman of uh, terrorists and terrorism to because like this, the whole reason was this of of the whole uh, beginning of it. Anslinger was like, I can't lose my job, and also the more that I kick up the dust of of the fear mongering for this shit, the more budget I have, the more f- staff I can hire, the more force I have, the yeah. more power I have. I just bought. I just bought a hot tub and I cannot lose this job. Yeah, I got a jet ski and like this needs to, I'm I got a mortgage, I got a divorce, I got a, a secret family down in Tampa. So like I I got to kick up some some more uh, I people got to be scared. Like their superiors are probably older so they're like, you know, you can kind of manipulate people even within the house. It's like I don't know where like this is the root. I don't know if it's the first root. But this is a specific root of a weed that, cons- that, ironically, that still exists in today where it's like, all right, uh, this is purely a selfish financial reason that he decided to go after marijuana and criminalize it. And then after that, the offshoots yeah. are like, well, I can go after black people. I can go after like seditious people who say, th- like, well, Lenny Bruce got arrested for marijuana back in the day. And like, they were, it was just like, it opened up so many doors it's, as soon as like yeah, I think it's all kind of based on just racism because that's kind of where it starts. Where uh, like oh, who can we pin this on to make other people afraid to make it kind of gain traction? Um, so like it's it's the weird time 
I mean, it happens all the time, but like business people essentially dictating public policy and laws and government. And it's, this is more, the more egregious one where it's like, well, we've got interests in these places. Yeah, so that, that, let's just, I, uh, I think that's the, the bigger point that I'm trying to make is like, I don't understand people that put like this, all this face, this faith into our systems that they're, they have our bet, like our best interest at heart because like just routinely all of them, if you look back, there's are these Anslingers and Richard Nixons and shit where it's like they don't give a fuck about you or your freedom. It is all about limiting yeah. your like it's all about them having power and limiting your power by putting you against each other. In yeah. So like but that's my like uh I <clears throat> But like the same thing with like Richard Nixon, where it's like, well, we'll go after the hippies through. It's like you can't go after them for freedom of speech or protesting, so you have to go the back door. And we're like, well, they're all drug addicts and they're all doing this and they're whatever. So, yeah, and that's appealing to a strictly like suburban white crowd to kind of lean into that and just be afraid of it and kind of eat that shit up, like. Pretty much what's happening in Florida right now with those ridiculous protest laws where you can, they pretty much made it illegal to run people over if they're in the street protesting in a group of more than three. So <laughs> it's not, it's not, yeah, that, I think that just passed like two days ago or something, but, um, and it's fucking Florida. So get your shit together. But, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not something that's kind of going away either. No, not at all. And like, if anything, uh, the past year is like proven that like, and Patriot Act and all this other shit. It's like they're it's not they don't have your best interests at heart. So like, I don't. Why do people always feel the need to defend? I mean, I get it. It's the status quo, and that like those are the the tools in place that uphold your status quo and like keep you like feeling safe. Like, oh well, if I get trapped in a Black Lives Matter rally. I'm gonna. I'm and I'm. They're starting to shake my car back and forth. Well, then at least I'll have a way out, and legally I'm protected. So it's like, it they are being yeah. placated it's, there. It's, it's like all those like middle America or like coal mine people that don't have insurance and are dying of black lung, and they're like, "This Obamacare is bullshit." <laughs> like. It can save your life if you if you want it. Nope, it's bullshit. It's communism. Yeah, wait, like, all right. Yeah, well, yet, yet an un- enjoy enjoy suffocating. Yet another boogeyman that's somehow linked to the the drug movement, communism, where it's like, <clears throat> or socialism, or whatever you want to say. Where it's like, I, even today I saw, it, I think a, I don't know if it was, I followed a couple uh, senators because they were. I, I found out who the the uh, senators were that were pro um i haven't looked at it in a while but it was like it had to do with uh ending police unions and opening up more accountability uh limiting searches and seizures no more um civil asset forfeiture shit like that and i was like all right i'm interested because it wasn't super homogenous it wasn't all uh democrat all republican or anything so i was like well i'm curious what what how they're communicating to their constituents basically and I had kind of forgotten because one of them was like a, a Republican from Michigan, uh, oddly enough. And uh, today he's he had something that was um, it was some like he's like these socialist programs. You always have to remember how many trillions of dollars they're going to cost the American taxpayer and this and that. And I was just like, it's a funny thing to try to bring up the like very soon after the fact that we're getting out of Afghanistan, a a war that is, yeah. A very just they war that, that has cost us, you know, pennies on the dollar uh, and is just... That's their only <laughs> real defense for anything. They're like, this is going to cost so much. And you're like, we have trillions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not, it's not going to cost that much. And the, the issue is also that it doesn't, like, because war costs trillions of dollars, but it funnels back around and, and it upholds the systems that they want in place because it's like... Well, the war budget also filters back around to help fund cops, and it helps. So, and so, you cops need crime to fight. So, guess what? That's going to happen. We're going to create, you know, like we're not solving crime because if we were solving crime, we'd go after homelessness and drug addiction and 
you know, act, like mental yeah. health and things that are actually difficult and for sure will cost a lot of time, money and resources to solve. But they're, you know, they're the problems that are actually plaguing our country and are all contributing to each other and to crime and just like the the general existential weight on our our American being. But, you know, it's it's easier to go across an ocean and fight a a boogeyman enemy that like we have a vague understanding and i I get like i'm not not, i know there are bad people out there but i also have a feeling that we're creating more by being over there and like sticking our dick in the hornet's nest for 21 years so it's like it's not all or one but also like can we can we like you guys like to declare wars on like these vague things like terror and drugs. How about you come home and fight, uh, <laughs> fight for peace over here? <laughs> like we got. Yeah, I mean that's that's because it it that affects poor people and they they like to lean on the bootstrap analogy in, in right. those cases. And, so uh, and unless unless there's a drug that uh, is a, is going to be the cure all or like you know like. If 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 opioids were linked to solving uh, mental health problems, um, I think we maybe have a better case for getting that so- that happening, because none of if you don't if you come over if you stay home and solve like an education under un, in underfunded uh, communities and shit like that, it's like you say again racist because it's like your those systems are probably like if you. Those communities are probably going to remain somewhat insular and keep small, whereas like the big corporations and pharmaceutical companies and whatever, like they're not going to benefit. But if you just like that's what I'm trying to say is like it's a different plumbing system. Like all the money is already set up and funnels into itself and keeps getting bigger and bigger. Whereas if you if you re reroute the plumbing to actually like get some water and some healthy growth into these other communities that have been historically underserved and targeted and, you know, demonized and flooded with other kinds of drugs that uh, have (laughs) links to the CIA and maybe or maybe not, you know, but that's a, that's a wild, wild ride. I've, I've uh, taken us down and uh, it, uh, thank God we got some weed to smoke so we can just uh, mellow out and just, or if you, if, You've ever seen the movie Reefer Madness? Uh, go completely insane and jump out windows. Watching that, uh, I watched it in college, and I was like, "Yeah, this is definitely cocaine mixed with uh, I don't know a bunch of coffee." It, it uh, these are people aren't behaving like they're on marijuana. Yeah, I feel- <laughs> or at least none I've I've tried. Who knows? Nineteen thirties weed could have just been gasoline soaked in uh, cotton or something. I feel like I even saw that in high school and even the teacher was just like, guys, this is more for a historical reference of how ridiculous they made it seem. Like I think even my teachers were like, you're not going to you're not going to shoot up your family on weed, but yeah. These idiots were surprised and delighted by an airplane. So take it with <laughs> a grain of salt. Listen, most of these people that never even saw an airplane, let alone got on one unless it was off to fight a war. Um but Along the same lines, though, like men, I, I don't know. We, I don't. What it doesn't matter. Like that's why, like I get a little con- uh, concerned about um, mushrooms becoming legal. Is uh, like that sounds fine. Decriminalize everything, I think, but also just uh, like I think mental health problems are exacerbated by these super strong strains of weed like most people can smoke weed and it's fine i can't i have like very small tolerance i like take two puffs and i just mellow out having to function yeah like i can't i don't I mean know. it's the same thing it's the same thing with junk food though like we trust uh, grown adults to uh, be able to purchase all the junk food they want even knowing that it'll kill them like right it's not it's yeah, yeah. still like the accountability has to lie with the person, not like you can't make these blanket laws based on no, I, your I'm, own opinion. Yeah, I'm not talking of, law, but I'm just talking about like, yeah, uh, in terms of because like if men, like mentally healthy, like manic depressives get a hold of weed and it, it sends them off the fucking reservation sometimes. So it's like, uh, and I'm not, you know, it's it's again, it's on the 
it's on the individual to be able to, you know, dis- figure yeah. out what, what their limitations are and what they should and shouldn't be putting in doing with their body. But it's also like that catch 22 of mental health <clears throat> where it's like, well, if you were completely sane enough to realize that like this, these are your triggers and these are your, you know, these are your, uh, limitations, that'd be great. But a lot of them don't even admit they have a problem or like addicts at all. At all I mean, alcohol, obviously it's like, yeah, you're free to go buy as much as booze as you want, even though like you fucking, our back neighbor's got cirrhosis and has to have her fucking body, uh, drained routinely. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, based on how much, the thing that turned it around in this country for marijuana legalization was Colorado and their tax dollars. Like, that's the one thing that changed a lot of people's minds of, like, they made how much money? All right, legalize it. We need that money. Our roads are falling apart. <laughs> like, it, it, to see a thing where they just change on a dime like that uh, kind of leans into the fact that it's not it's not the deadly disease-ridden uh, uh, marijuana that everyone kind of paints it to be or has been since. 1930 yeah again and it's getting back to that thing they don't actually give a fuck about your well-being it's all about money and that's fine like it's fine to a degree but just admit it it's just like is there more money into putting you into jail for these things or is there more money into actually oh we could do both we could just make it illegal for years and years and years and put people away and uh, make money off of that for however long and um and then just keep you in jail and keep you in jail after the fact and uh, 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 yeah. and then just we'll do the same thing with the, the next drug. And uh, when mushrooms get decriminalized, every, anybody that did that or LSD or whatever, ketamine or I don't know what's coming down the pipe. What's the new hot drug on the streets, Sean? Do you know? Shit, who knows? What are the kids doing? What are the kids snorting up their nose nowadays? Uh, uh, Coke is back. That's for goddamn sure. (laughs) I don't know if it ever really left, but I don't know. Have you been doing any baby baby laxative laced cocaine lately, or perhaps some fentanyl? I I don't think I have the constitution for cocaine. I feel like I would uh, talk at somebody very loudly and very quickly while licking my gums, and then immediately pass out. I don't think I can handle (laughs) that. I would shit my pants from baby laxative and then pass out (laughs) with great ideas about a t-shirt company and many other pyramid schemes. Yeah. While flailing my arms and my hands around like a maniac. (laughs) I don't know what to do with my hands. Here, I'm just going to magic fingers you at, at you for a while. Yeah. Look like I'm swatting mosquitoes while I'm having a conversation. That I think is great. Yeah, I don't. I I still haven't done it. I I'm I'm waiting for that Hollywood hooker party for me to be like tonight's the night. Somewhere there's a place, time and place for everything, and tonight's the night. Uh, you know, I'm at the grotto, hanging with all my my boys, and things are about yeah. to happen. Bob Seger's <laughs> Bob Seger's Hollywood nights are playing in the background. Now is the time to do it. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that window of opportunity because uh, so far it's been just kind of dive bars and I, I, you know, or living rooms, and I'm like, eh, no, not today, <laughs> not today, guys. Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm getting a good portion of the picture of it without actually having to do it. Just there's been so many times at bars out here in LA where everyone's kind of like offering it to you and you see the same person like 25 minutes later and you're like, okay, that's what it's like. Uh, or that's how it's affecting them. Oh, I don't think I need that. Yeah. I don't, I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. And like, not to keep harping on it, but that the baby laxative thing is very real. Like I was at a party and one of my friends, uh, he came over, he's like, I just took a bump of shitty Coke and I shit my pants. And I'm like, and this was like right when we got to the party <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, okay. And then he stayed at the party and I didn't see him for like an, 45 minutes to an hour. And he came back around. He's like, yeah, I shit my pants. <laughs> like, twice. He, he's, just having a dumb and, <laughs> he's just having a dumb and dumber experience in the guest bathroom. <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, I'm sure it was just like a little uh, shart or something. Well, may, I, fuck, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's a full-blown, uh, maybe it is full-blown dumb yeah. and dumber. I, 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 but if you're staying at a party, I assume it's manageable. You know, it's an manageable yeah. still stay out at and party uh, amount of poop in your pants. 
I mean, if I'm going to shit myself in public, I better get the enjoyment of a giant burrito out of it <laughs> beforehand. I, I don't need to take the uh, adrenaline rush of a uh, bump of Coke. <laughs> I don't need any performance-enhancing substances to get you there. Yeah, but I'm old school. I'm I'm, I'm all natural. Who knows? You're organic. <clears throat> Yeah, maybe it'll come back yeah. around where it's like, all right, guys, this fentanyl thing's gotten out of hand, so we're we're just gonna decriminalize and start growing our own. Uh, you know, all the hipster neighborhoods will just start having their own coca coca fields, and they'll just start their own micro brews of cocaine and whatever else. Artisan coke, artisanal coke. This meth, this meth is that's, organic. That's the, the one thing I never got about all those drug uh, kind of alternatives and stuff is like fentanyl uh hey we got this product that everybody loves but they love it too much and they need something stronger uh what if we just put elephant tranquilizer in it that'll do good or murder every single one of our customers and it's the same thing with like weed and like windex like i I always remember that kind of urban legend i don't even know if it's real like them spraying weed with windex it would weigh more and i'm like is this real like why would they knowingly hurt their customers that would turn you a like immediately off from ever buying from you ever again. Well, it was like, I assume it would be like that uh, when people didn't believe that cigarettes cause cancer. They're like, they wouldn't kill us. They, they need us to buy the product. They can't make money if they, if our, they're killing their customer base, but that, that's true. I don't know. That, that's very true. I, I don't know how much, how much faith you put in your, your drug manufacturers. Oh, that was the irony. I, I wanted to, uh, come back around to it's like Anslinger had done the studies and knew that uh, marijuana was not linked with violent crime, but the irony is by making it illegal, marijuana had violence associated with it down the line because of you know uh, <clears throat> the illegal racket racket that brought it into the country from you know South America and, and wherever else so. He, he yeah. it was like that self, uh, uh, <clears throat> self fulfilling, fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, where it's like, well, because he came back around when he needed to demonize it and found the one study out of whatever 30 that w- found it linked to violence and then made it illegal. Well, he just asked, he just asked 30 doctors and 29 of them said, yeah, there's no link to, um, violence with this. And then the, uh, the 30th one was like, I don't know. That's kind of inconclusive. We don't have all the data. And they're like, cool, got it. Thanks. We <laughs> putting, up, putting that on the package. But the biggest, like, the, the pettiness of his shittiness uh, is what he did to Billy Holiday, uh, which is insane. Billy Holiday was on her deathbed and he had her arrested for drug possession and handcuffed her to her hospital bed. And she died with handcuffs on because he specifically wanted to make her a case. Like you are a piece of garbage. Yeah, at that point, it's got to be some like weird, sadistic thing where like this dude, like th- I, w- I wonder <clears throat> what kind of like classified file they have on him because I'm sure it is just dark and full of odd shit. Like if because if you're that dedicated to going after, it... yeah, I mean it's like it's the same thing like Hoover. Hoover was always like digging into other people's shit because he didn't want people to know he's a crossdresser. <laughs> like, yeah, the people that are into it are like definitely hiding something. But that's interesting too because like the, it, part of me is like, well, man, could that potentially mean that we had our first closeted trans president that we just never knew of and they didn't even know that like that that was a thing? Or is, I mean, crossdressing can be in its own thing all of it on its own. But well, Hoover wasn't. Uh, president, he was just the head of the FBI. Mm, but um, I don't know about that. You're thinking of Herbert Hoover? Yes, I am. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking about J. J. Edgar. Oh, the other Hoover. Yeah, the guy who basically uh, went to war and tried to murder all the brown and black people. Oh yeah, that guy. That terrific guy who who instigated uh, active assassinations on people in this country. Yeah, that that piece of garbage. Well, let's hear him out. What's what? What's he got? Yeah. Well, he he uh, he's just a piece of garbage that tried to tap every uh, person's phone and tried to get everybody thrown in jail because he didn't like them. 
I, I like watching Futurama and going back and just hearing because they like throw in all these references to stuff like this, and then like after the fact, you're like, oh, that's what that joke meant because they like referenced like cro- Hoover cross dressing and shit. Like, like, yeah, I mean, I, but honestly, like, obviously, you don't want somebody like that with like that kind of uh, evil and malicious intent, but also you kind of do want somebody. If they actually did care about the American people and looking out for us, you do kind of want somebody who has this deep, dark secret so they know how to go after other people with deep, dark secrets and really, really get to yeah. the dark on them. So, you know, history played out terribly because we got one like that and an Anslinger and people like that that have, you know, they aren't altruistic whatsoever, but maybe one day we'll get a good yeah. one. It makes me wonder, like, if if society was just more open, like, I mean, similar to how it is now, but way more so. Like, would we have Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover being, like, super against all these causes and stuff just because he was trying to hide his own demons? Like, what if he was just like, I feel comfortable like this, this is who I am, and uh, this is it. All right, cool. No uh, forced assassinations on uh, black and brown people, and uh, you're kind of just chill. Nice. Yeah, just be nice. Just accept yourself, and you'll be able to accept others. But like, like if Enslinger just you know happened to be like a eighteen year old and was doing you know gravity bongs in his dad's sauna when he was a kid, you know, like he probably would have been a pretty mellow person, like me. Right. But when you're, it's that like if you have a hammer, everything you see is a nail kind of thing. Where it's like if your job is to go yeah. after a boogeyman or an enemy or an, a, a substance and control, you know, <clears throat> these industries and whatever, like that's what you have to like. You can't go look. You can't go look into these drugs or su- whatever and be like, well, how yeah. you know? You have to fit the narrative of what you're trying to say. Yeah, you, like if you were a if you were a doctor or a, you know, a, a scientist or something where it's like, well, let's get I mean, which you consult that's that's another thing is like you do consult like these people do consult with scientists and doctors and uh engineers and shit and like but the sad part is it's all it all is it's all linked to if it's government funded, you know, it has to funnel into the military and it has to like, if it's not making dollars, it's not making sense. So it's like, okay, well we found this great product and it makes people mellow and happy and Oh, mushrooms are good for treating therapy or, you know, you you find out what, what these things are good for. And they're like, well, how can we weaponize it? How can we use it against people? And it's like, why is that? Why is that the fucking bottom line for so much of what what's going on? It's like, I mean, that's the whole premise of that uh, that cancer doctor, that Brzezinski guy, who was like helping people and kind of curing different types of cancer. And the FDA is like, ah, he's not playing the, by the rules. We gotta we gotta throw him under the bus. And who knows? There might be whole other things of his practice that are you know don't fit the law or whatever. But um, on the on the on the surface of that, it seems like, yeah, he, it's working. So why not just let him run with it? He, he's not checking all the boxes that you need him to, but it's working. So I don't know. It's just a, it, it's a business. Yeah. Bottom line, baby. Yeah. America's a business and it's, but how religion got like the, they found the, the, uh, the, the side door, I guess, because like they were just allowed to go. F- I don't know. It's not immediately related, but like, they get left alone for the most part. I, I don't even know because Scientology doesn't exactly get left alone, and cults go get gone yeah. after. But I think religion as a whole kind of just—it's a way to kind of lean into your own fears. Of like Christian people, like, can you believe this? It's Satan. That's Satan. You should focus on that type of thing, um, as it, Enslinger did with telling people that people who smoke marijuana were conjuring Satan and stuff like that. But that was kind of the, the default of, uh, yeah, uh, we don't understand this. It must be Satan. Yeah. That, and, that's what it is. And again, it goes back to that things where you can't address things with facts and numbers and science because it's like you've people, the people that are already buying into the emotional argument or the, the emotional hysteria 
you know, they're already not listening to facts. They're they're only listening to the the loud, scary voices and don't look behind the curtain, men. But uh, yeah, it's even like if you even talk like I, I mean, I'm sure there are Satanists that are the, the sacrificing goat people, and you know, maybe I've never I, I've never met one. The only people, yeah, I, I mean, I've, that seems like a a pagan kind of ritual that has been people have been talking about it since 1400 right. or whatever. It, it seems, I feel like that's like an old yeah, which, type of thing, but uh, you know, and also like Christian early Christians and early era Jews did similar things too, where they did do animal sacrifices. They eventually started doing it more symbolically, but uh, yeah. When you live on a vo- active volcano and it starts shooting fire, <laughs> like give it a goat. Give it a go. <laughs> like, well, I don't know. You're mad. I, you know, I let this goat live, so I guess I'll kill it now. I don't know. Like, it's also another weird thing. Uh, it's it turning into an anti-religion kind of <laughs> American type of thing. But uh, no, I'm gonna be very pro Satanist because uh, they. I mean, it's it, that is a religion that's seemingly all based on uh, self-sufficiency and uh, helping people. Uh, and like helping people on the benefit of the society. Yeah, uh, look, but, looking um, after people's rights, individual rights, uh, First Amendment rights. Uh, you know, but basing like your rights. entire daily belief off of something that occurred, or maybe did not, most definitely did not occur, <laughs> like thousands of years ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it gets you comfort, I guess you're not hurting yeah. anybody, but you are hurting everybody. You're probably going <laughs> to be a little pick and choosy about what facts or uh stories you're paying attention to and if it is about it, again this is all about fitting a narrative and if you have been whipped up into the hysteria yeah. of a everlasting hell or heaven you know i mean i've i've also been watching a lot of that uh exterminate all the brutes show on hbo so that might be painting my perception of the world in a terrible depressing heavy light but um yeah I mean, <laughs> that's a uh, check that out if you want to ruin a Friday night. And everybody keeps asking me if I've seen such and such documentary or some show or some new video. And I'm like, man, I just don't have the I don't have if I'm going to sit down and watch something. It's I'm it's an escape thing these days. Like, I, I just want to. Yeah, I would like to either laugh or just like I've been pretty deep into Sopranos lately and. Like just, I just wanted to take my mind off shit. I don't want another, like I can't. You can't even go on social media without it just being a barrage of just like, like even today, like Chauvin gets, <clears throat> uh, you know, found guilty, which is great, but it's everybody's just still like kind of rubbing your like the amount of white people that are just like, we got him type of thing, and I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's yeah, one dude fucked up and we held him accountable great now let's do that to every other person (laughs) because like i saw the thing talking about how like two or three people were murdered by police like right after that uh verdict was read and i was like yeah that's that's the problem we're not and like like, it took uh an eight minute video of a dude that had every opportunity to not follow through and to give this guy a break and just you know put him in a fucking squad car and that have that be that uh you know yeah and like it took like a a full like worldwide movement to get that dude convicted. Yeah, like, and I I mean it, I don't even know if they've sentenced him yet. So like they might even wait for the sentencing so the you know the the rage dies down and then you know what what do you know it's a slap on the wrist because the police unions got involved and you know they can't be having somebody made made a set, an example of. Yeah. <clears throat> because it upsets yeah, the an... systems that are in place. Yeah. Hearing that shit about like that dude who's the police union rep who was molesting kids for like 12 years and they just like swept it under the rug. I'm like, yeah, that should tell you everything you need to know. All those dudes that stormed Pizzagate because they thought there was a sex dungeon. I want to see you at the next uh, police uh, (laughs) union meeting. Police ball. If people seek out power or positions of power, that should be put that should put them more under the microscope than anybody. That's all it I'm yeah. gonna 
and but most people it's 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 less that and just like it's like putting them on the opposite side of the binoculars where it's just like they rescind to these new heights and they're just like above us and people want to deify the them is, and you're like is that- like co- like cops are normal people like a lot of them are just normal ass people who shouldn't be cops it yeah. was just a job and but yeah that's a job for not a normal yeah. person that's like if you're going to I'm a doctor now yeah <laughs> like, uh did you go to school no i'm a doctor now yeah uh, uh People keep dying on your watch. Well, I'm a doctor, so tough break. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you if you're not the best, you shouldn't be a cop. Like, right, and it's the same with if you're not yeah, fucking if you're not goddamn Captain America. If you're not a hero, you shouldn't have a hero's job. Like heroes don't fucking shoot people because they mistake thing. Like heroes don't make those kind of mistakes. And if yeah. they do. It's a whole fucking storyline that bec- that causes them to go in a great depression. I think Batman had like something similar, but also not real people. Like, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's the kind of like l- trying to figure it out logically is, is not going to work because it's clearly just a group of people that say you have to live by these rules. And we don't have any because we make them. Yeah, it's, like, it's some judge uh, dread shit. Like, I'm above the law. Like, yeah. No. It's like playing with a little kid who's making up the rules as he goes. And you're like, no, you're out. I'm like, no, that's not the rules. It is now. It's my birthday. <laughs> it's, my, it's my birthday. I uh, I don't have to play by the rules. Well, how do we circle yeah. this back around? This is taking it... <laughs> Uh, just got real. That's, that's what we're here for. You know, <clears throat> you come to us for the hastily, uh, researched topics and, uh, the real talk that we don't really know anything about or are not qualified to, uh, speak of. Come but. for the libel. Come for the, and stay yeah. for the slander. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There's our new t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. If I, if we'd planned this out better, I, I for sure would have gone and gotten those Paps Blue Ribbon uh cannabis beers or cannabis seltzers but also maybe i wouldn't have because that just sounds like a panic attack just waiting to happen i've i've had a few of the i it was like the canna i think that's the brand canna makes like a it's like a Lacroix, but it's like all uh thc and cbd infused and that was like my go-to for going to the movies because you just sneak that in and you just town two of them and you're like well this is awesome it's usually gone by the time you have to leave. Uh, if not, you just hang out in your car and you listen to music. It's great. <laughs> that does sound pretty great. Um, yeah, I've never had. I've only had. I've had weed weed wine one time. Uh, I'll give you the sales pitch. It was uh, here. You go. Have you ever wanted to drink a Seven Eleven Cabernet Sauvignon Blanc? Filtered through a sweat sock full of shake. Because, uh... uh <laughs> yeah. Use... Just drinking use wine sweat. next to a guy cheapen, <laughs> cheapen blunt. Would you like to filter a cheap bottle of wine through some sweatpants that were found on a homeless person's package? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem when, like, at least with those candle ones, like, you can't smell or really taste anything. Like, that's... I remember that in like college when I was like trying out uh, different like edibles and stuff that people would make that just tastes like you're eating a handful of weed. And I'm like, I think that should be the barometer. If it tastes like straight weed, like there's a, there's an issue yeah. and you're going to have a bad time. Well, my issue was also that I, uh, I thought it was CBD wine. So I was just like, oh, you know, I'm going to get like a, maybe I'll get a little body buzz and I'll feel loose and relaxed. And I'm, this will be nice. This will be nice. And yeah. Forty five minutes in, I just started to get that like that heightened anxiety that I I always get like real like it just starts creeping up and I'm like I just get all panicky and it just starts to overtake me and I was just like oh no it's coming. I found out I found out the trick to that. I had a I had a similar like moment of God moment where I ate too many edibles and I like started to feel that creeping up. And I'm like, well, fuck it. There's nothing I can do about it. It's like, let's just lean into this. And I, as soon as I did that, like, 
all the anxiety went away and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. But, and, and I think that's been my issue is like, I, I always expect it to feel like smoking weed and smoking weed for me is just like, it is a body high and I do feel super relaxed and you know, you do other things and you're like, you, you're kind of expecting that anxiety or that like more cerebral kind of experience and you deal with it because you're expecting it. But for it's, it's, like most of life, it's all about managed expectations, and I think I just need to. Uh, I think maybe I need to go into it with the managed expectations. It's like, all right, let's do. Let's do. It's a, also a soul defrag for. It's an also hour. like. It's also like the latency of it, because like when you're smoking weed, it's like I'm doing this act to do it. Where if you're eating it, it's like oh, I just had a candy, and then you kind of forget about it, and then forty-five minutes later, you're staring at the ceiling. But. um yeah, I don't know. Falling it, apart it, it emotionally. <laughs> yeah. You're just thinking about a toy somebody stole from you, you when you were eight years old. So <laughs> that happens. That's all natural. Yeah, you know, everything affects everybody differently. We're all just trying to find the right dosage so we can keep on keeping on. Yep. Oh, but I, we didn't really talk about how... Well, did we talk about how the Grateful Dead are the fucking assholes that really propagated... <laughs> <laughs> 420 uh, again this seems like some fucking high school bullshit you hear at a party yeah like oh my my brother's friend is still lesh and he's the basis for the grateful dead so yeah he he came up with it and they kind of popularized it but yeah uh, i feel like we really missed the mark without reciting all these uh tidbits through a stoner voice oh yeah that would just the whole way <laughs> just burn out fucking <clears throat> Um, but yeah, the, the, the Waldos, the original, uh, Bay area kids that came up with meeting up at 420 to go, uh, try to find an abandoned pot crop out in Point Reyes. They just were like, well, 420 seems like a good idea to smoke weed. And they kept doing that. And that was their code. Somehow they were associated with Phil Lesh of the Grateful Dead. And then, well, they, they met. Because school got out at 4.20. And so every single day they would be like, oh, we're going to go look at it. We're going to go look for this lost patch at 4.20. And that slowly became kind of synonymous with the term, hey, we're going to go smoke weed after school. And it became 4.20. And then, you know, high school kids are. 4.20, man. I remember in high school, me and my friends uh, watched the movie Belly with uh, the late departed DMX. And the way they would say goodbye at the end was always one. They would just say uh, one. And that kind of, like <laughs> all of my friends said it for like a year and a half. One. So I know how, how these stupid, like just whatever thing you come up with high school kind of spread, but it's great. I mean, if it sticks around for like your whole life, it must. it's either like so stupid that you had to keep it going or it's just that good. So maybe maybe there's something to this, like, potheads seem to have really latched onto it so yeah um it's point red i mean if you were gonna if you're a coast guard uh member and you were trying to have a, a secret pot crop that'd be a good point res might be a great place for it yeah i think the last time we were there was it was more touristy i feel like the la- as soon as I read that, I was like, really, Point Reyes? But, like, second most beautiful place on the planet, like, where everybody goes <laughs> to camp and hike? But uh, I guess in the 70s, it, it would have been a different situation. Yeah, it might have been harder to get to and less less well-known. <clears throat> and, you know, yeah. you got enough, like, between you and San Francisco that it could probably be remain, it could probably remain secret for a minute. But or may- maybe not. Maybe it was never there, and that that's the reason why. Because it was too populated. Yeah, populated. We're almost at an hour. I don't have a lot more to add to the 420. Um, we could talk about vapes and the weed industry, or just kind of call it. Yeah, I mean, that's all. I, I haven't really fucked with that many vapes because they just seem like that's pushing the limit of hey, you're gonna get cancer from this. <laughs> like, Seems too futuristic for my uh, feeble mind to kind of grasp. Yeah, I don't. I don't know enough about. I don't. I don't get it. Um, I know that 
I, I had a friend who worked for like the she audited uh like the tobacco vape interest like she was they were trying to do the research on that and for uh you know how like Philip Morris and whoever has to hire people to do studies on cancer research for and mm-hmm. is like their community service basically she was one of those and like she was just saying how like nobody's really done the research and they don't have to tell you exactly how potent anything is and how it's super addictive yeah. and how it's fucked up she was saying how like what was oh, man i forgot what the the brand was but it was like a popular it was one of the most popular cigarette vapes or tobacco vapes at the time and um it was like 32 times the amount of nicotine than a one cigarette and like super super addictive and she's not like she's like yeah but like i mean we haven't found the can't like the cancer link yet so can't you know (laughs) i think she had some guilt associated with her job i'm not sure she's still working yeah that's some fucking it's like her science of like uh this doesn't fit the narrative uh whatever we'll just we'll just rebrand it that's like all those uh, um, all-natural juice companies that put all-natural, organic, and then they get sued because they put formaldehyde as a preservative in it. And then they're like, instead of taking the formaldehyde out, we'll just put, uh, we'll just take off all-natural. <laughs> just be a juice with formaldehyde now. Like, oh, that's <laughs> still, it. I guess that's one, that's one way to do it. Now with all the formaldehyde and none of the all-natural. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be studies down the line where it's like the weed industry. I mean, maybe the weed industry is different because they are uh, all growing their plants and maybe not uh, spraying Windex on them. But, you know, fast forward in 10, 20 years of this being legal and spreading out to every other state. And we might have uh, we might have another tobacco lawsuit type thing coming up. I mean, a lot of tobacco companies are already investing in weed companies. So, like, I'm sure the big, I'm sure the big uh, cannabis boom has already already occurred. So, like, a lot of these brands are already owned by Marlboro and Winston. Yeah, I'm very interested. Those are two cigarettes I've heard of. Uh, Newport, Newport, and then also Newport. American Spirits. Amer- yeah, yeah, I'm interested. I'm seeing, <clears throat> you know. Colorado seems to be the per- the state that's leading the charge on decriminalizing and legalization of of things. So I'm curious what, uh, you know, they've decriminalized mer- uh, mushrooms, and I'm curious where that'll what's going to go. But I really hope we don't adopt a uh, American dispensary culture around something like that. And like, also just like the the amount the dosage. Like if they have like weed strengths in like. Uh, hallucinogens like we're all fucked like <laughs> yeah i mean i think the only good thing that'll come out of it is that you'll probably just get a more consistent thing where you're not like kind of rolling the dice and you're like well i popped three caps here and one stem let's see what happens where you'll just be like this will fuck you up for three hours and uh just hold on for the ride and you'll be fine after yeah maybe i bought some stocks in mushroom companies uh, i think they're all canadian but they're not doing great, <laughs> but I'm like, well, may, well yeah. if they're going to be legal, maybe I can get in on the ground floor, but Brett, so far, not so much. With a lot of that stuff, I, I wonder how much of it is the, uh, this is illegal, so I want to try it type of thing. Like, I oh. wonder if they just decriminalized everything and it was like six months of madness and then everyone's like, nah, I'm just going to stick the beer. Well, that's another thing is like how much of like the fact that weed was illegal for so long that at, like added to it because it's like, I, I mean, most of my friends smoked in high school and college and whatever. And, but then it was like, we were just like the, we, weed is what has always kind of been for everybody. Cause it's like jock smoked it, skaters smoked it, like, yeah, you know, but it wasn't like, I guess there was some common ground there where people got. Uh, together about it but it wasn't like uh i don't know i guess it wasn't every man's drug but it was also a weird 
social component to it because you kind of had to play the game with your dealer. Like, at least in Michigan, where I'm from, like, you would kind of, you would have to be like, all right, I got to go. I'm going to need like an hour or two to get this eighth of weed. Yeah. (laughs) I got to go talk to him, hang out, kind of smoke with him, talk to him about what he's into, and then like just get it and get out of there, that type of thing. But um, yeah, that's a weird thing. I don't think future generations will ever have any knowledge of like having to kind of sit in a parking lot waiting for some (laughs) dude to show up so you can hang out, force your way to make him sell you something. Are you 17 and want to hang out with a 38 year old for an hour or two? (laughs) (laughs) Hear about samurai swords and fucking nunchuck. Oh man, I bought this like pair of rabbit fur, (laughs) rabbit lined sandals from a from a native American. Want to see me try them on? Yeah. They go all the way up to my hips. You want to listen to three full fish albums? Well, you're going to have to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But back to like the common ground thing is like, was it, was it everybody against the hip? Like, cause I always hated the hippies in high school. Like maybe it was just specifically this one fucking idiot that like had a fake British accent and wore like union Jack, everything and had like the, the beginnings of uh, blonde dreads all through high school and could, they could never take, I was like, this fucking dude yeah. sucks. Is I, that... I feel like it was very similar to that. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird kind of, like, rich white kid hippies that were trying oh, to yeah. talk to me about world traveling and shit. And I'm like, I know where you're from. Like, but, yeah, I don't know. It's also, there's only, there's only so many times you can hear a fucking jam band before you lose your cool. Like, that's... uh Yeah, and to be... F- that, that was my limit. And to be fair, like being a punk skater kid that is living in a big suburban house with family that loves him and pretend like not washing his hair. Like I was just on the opposite yeah, end, end of the spectrum. So, uh, yeah. And I think that's the natural, the natural kind of war of our time was punks and hippies. So kind of chose the side. Yeah, and I and I didn't have a problem with most of them. It was just specifically him, and I don't even remember why exactly. He just, I mean, I think it was just the British accent and just some like you're from here, I think. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, I hated America for the in most high school, part. Or I thought I was edgy by wearing anti-flag shirts and being whatever punk ass kid. So we all had to work yeah. through our shit. So whatever. Which is also weird because you're always at the same parties and the same bars. Like you're all kind of commingling and you're all part of the same kind of big group anyway. So it's weird to kind of draw a line in the sand for that. Yeah, but sometimes you got to define yourself by who you stand against rather than who you stand with. And, uh, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, true. but uh, I mean, Anslinger did it. And it's maybe that was my micro, my micro Anslinger. Yeah. That, that's not a side you want to be uh, aligned to. Anslinger does sound like a, a just a VD ridden uh, sexual member. Just like I'm gonna give you my Anslinger. Like, ooh, oh, yeah, thank you. Or like a Nazi era fucking <laughs> mad scientist that was turning cats into people or something. Anslinger, <laughs> what have you discovered? But. Well, I think we've covered our libel quota. We'll probably be sued next week, so uh, yeah. Uh, these are, these are the early episodes that are going to be dug up once, like we have any amount of power or notoriety. Yeah. People are going to look back and take whatever we're saying out of context, and like you know, I think that's the 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 groundwork to get anywhere now. Is if you're not doing anything and you're not saying anything, it's going to piss anybody off in twenty years. Uh, and you're just not going to make it anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, these are going to look real weird when uh, a couple of years from now, when Philip Morris presents parking lot drunk. So, <laughs> yeah, going to be a listen in the future. Everyone be will be canceled for 15 minutes. So, as long as we get that cu- that that taken care of right up front, I think we're going to be fine. Yeah. Well, happy 420. Happy birthday! Shout out to Comrade Bloodbath. It's also his birthday. So. Uh, yeah. Initially, we were going to talk birthday. about drinking outside, which he is a champion of. But maybe that we'll save that for another day. Yeah. You know, just drinking in alleyways and having sex under the stars. So, <laughs> just a, 
just popping yourself off with Papa's on chair and just getting after just it. Just having a great old time. But yeah, maybe another another time. Uh, maybe we'll even have him on as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> do the character the entire time. It's like you guys were talking about <laughs> anarchy. I brought the anarchy. <laughs> on board. <laughs> All right. I think we've, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we definitely capitalized on that 10 minutes of research. So we, 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 we stretched it out. We did our cliff notes, uh, high school, just crammed for the, the exam kind of, uh, uh, what do you call it? High speech, I guess. Presentation. Yeah. The book report. We kind of, kind of slammed through it, but, uh, you know, we got, we got real deep which uh, always equates to uh, being intellectual. So I, I think that worked. Yeah, these guys really like to just sniff their own butts and hear themselves talk. And you know what? You'd yeah. be right to think so. I, I will tell you, my arms are real tired from patting myself on the back this entire time. So Yeah, we're we're real, just, we're ahead of the curve. So yeah, catch up, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's been fun, man. Thanks for... Uh, as always, it's great to talk to you. Yeah, always. Another great episode. Yep, nailed Crushed it. Another it. one in the bank. Um, all right, well, until yeah. next time, I'm Ben Christian Sandrud. Yeah, I'm Sean Burke. We've been... Smoke those J's. <laughs> and one.